Hello, everyone, and welcome to Million Dollar Decorating, the only podcast devoted to the worlds of design, decorating, and beautiful living. I'm your host, James Swan, and I am thrilled to have you subscribing to the show today. Remember to head over to our website, milliondollardecorating.com, where you can learn more about our family of design enthusiasts. Add your name to our email list, then follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. You'll be part of all the great things that we have going on. And the really great thing that's happening at this very moment is that I get to introduce you to our guest today. She is a Nashville-based interior designer whose soulful designs reflect her client's personality, their style, and renews their connection to the things about which they're most passionate. Sustainability is important to her. She often works in materials like reclaimed woods, hand-tufted wool, and heirloom furniture pieces with locally made custom furniture, organic and sculptural in design. One of her sustainable home designs won LEED Platinum Certification and is featured in the book Shades of Green, Tennessee. Her designs have been featured in Curbed, Nashville Interiors, In Focus, Style Blueprint, Nashville Lifestyle Magazine, Apartment Therapy, and Design Sponge. She has won Best of House every year since 2013 and is a featured designer on Daring Hall. Her design team is there to nurture the client's project from start to completion. This potpourri of creative minds brings to the table expertise in interior architecture and design, kitchens and baths, furniture selection and procurement, custom furniture design, and construction management. She received an interior design degree from Watkins College of Art, Design, and Film. She has accreditation through NCIDQ and Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design all of which leaves her quite busy making the world more beautiful. Marcel Gilbeau, welcome to Million Dollar Decorating. Thank you. It's great to have you with us today, Marcel. So take us back and talk to us about this journey that you have been on. When did you first fall in love with the world of design? Honestly, I don't remember ever not designing. Ah. When I was a girl, I decorated and redecorated every surface in my room with tchotchkes and collected figurines. I had a table which I put a blanket over, and it served the dual purpose of either a setting for tea time or that secret hiding place for my science lab with a microscope microscope underneath and all kinds of stinky specimens underneath. Um, also, I grew up in Louisiana, and that's just a, a you know, beautiful interior design is everywhere oh, in yeah. that world and beautiful living. And so I remember begging to go and, you know, stay, visit New Orleans and just studying the incredible hotels and restaurants. It took you back to a slower time when people stopped and savored life. Um, that's the culture I come from. And, and that's really what I try to give to people. And what I really believe people are trying to give themselves when they hire me. It really does seem to be a, a slightly different approach to living in the South than, than you find elsewhere in, in this country. Um, it sounds like you really come from a rich heritage it, uh, steeped in that. Thanks. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, you know, we live a little slower. Uh, we're a little bit more like Europe. You know, I spent a little time in Europe, too. Um, and I think that the living can be quite beautiful there, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about the, the comparison with Europe. Uh, there, there does seem to be a much more deliberate pace and, and maybe a much more healthy pace about life in Europe and in the South. So we have something to learn from you. I think so, yes. Indeed. So do you find your clients consciously coming to you for that? 
Oddly, that- en- oddly enough, yes. Oh. Um, you know, I do. Um, they they don't consciously, consciously, but there's it's there on right there about to come out. Sure. Now, a lot of times they say, I, you know, I want to create my own style, and I see that you mix styles and you do something different for everyone, and I love. But they also what they're also seeing is the lifestyle aspect mm-hmm. that's coming through. You know the oh, the time with family or, you know, great space for entertaining or just, wow, this, this space is really zen and um, the pairing of the style and the lifestyle. So they're just, they're on the verge of going, I want my own life and I want you to help me create a place that really nurtures and, and gives me back what I call a soulful home. It's quite a responsibility that you take <laughs> on, uh, isn't it? When, but when it's you, all in them. Yeah, it's all in them. That is That's true. I love. Do you find, though, that even when they come to you poised for this adventure, do you find that there are moments in a project where clients resist and maybe get fearful about the journey that they're on? They do. Um, they, um, let's see, what are some common things? A lot of times um, they want reassurance that something, let's say a style or a kind of a move that they want to make, um, say they want to put some furniture in their master bath and, you know, if they want to do something a little luxurious, they're empty nesters and they've really earned it. You know, it's their, it's their time to really reward themselves. Uh, and they maybe they've seen a chaise lounge, you know, in a master bath or something and they're like, but I don't know, that could get wet. And that's, you know, that's white. And I just don't know. And I'm like, let's talk about this. I mean, what is it you love about this? It's just, it feels like, I don't know. It feels like I'm laying out on a sandy beach, but I'm in my bathroom. I'm like, okay, do you have any pets? No, I, I, no, I don't have any pets anymore. Do you have any kids? No. Do you have any grandkids? Oh, I've got some on the way, but they're not coming in here. So what are you worried about? Uh, I don't know. You know, so I really help them you know, bring it back to themselves and, and what do they really love and where do they really want to go with it? And if I had a young family, you know, a mom with young kids and she had the same idea of, you know, a piece of furniture and the master bath and it was white, we would have a very different conversation. You know, I, you know, I'd be like, we need to make that vinyl or maybe we need to do, find a corner in the master bedroom. Um, so it's just all about getting them comfortable with what's really right for them. And I am their backstop. I'm not going to let them do something wrong. Of course. Yeah, of course. And they must f- feel very comfortable in that relationship once they understand that, don't they? Yeah, it's amazing how quickly people get off the trends and, and the I should have, could have, I should do this, you know. Mm. Oh, well, I read an article on the internet and it says you should never, ever, ever do that, you know. Um, and they start to, you know, let go, kind of trust, trust the process a little. Trust the process indeed. Now, you trusted the process at some point when you decided to stay in the South. You're in Nashville now, right? Yes. What prompted the decision to to land in Nashville? Um, honestly, I actually had a lot of little wanderlust when I got out of school. I went away to college, went to Colorado College, and then I studied art history in Europe and um, traveled all over the West Coast and um, the Midwest and um I, Nashville was really, it was the new South. Um, it was, you know, starting to happen, you know, Lafayette actually where I'm from is an oil town. So it actually was a bit of the new South too. It was a real entrepreneurial happening place, oil business. Um, so there was something familiar to me and something that I, I knew I needed to be a place that had opportunity, but I actually missed the South. 
after I'd been away for a while, uh, I had last landed in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is a lot like you're like very European and has that kind of, you know, beautiful living to it. But it was still a little transient. It did not have that sense of community and just rootedness and tradition. Um, so Nashville was just a good in-between spot, you know, a good sweet spot, you know, sure. where I could get back to the south and have a nice yard with green grass and neighbors. And at the same time, it was it was really growing. It was the next Atlanta, but not, right. you know, uh, it, more like Austin, you know, kind of wanting to be kind of alternative and a little keep keep a little bit of its grittiness and its creativity, that exactly. art scene. Yeah, that that art artistry or that sense of artistry uh, really is pervasive wherever you go in and around Nashville. Yeah, it's a, it's a very creative culture, and I think that's part of how I've evolved with this idea of soulful living. You know, as a designer, I've kind of grown up with my clients who are often very very creative people who have brilliant design ideas of their own and just really need a helping hand and and some guidance as to what's really going on there so it sticks. Sure. Yeah, you you want to make it lasting so that it's not just a, a fleeting or um, secondary thought. Um, talk to us then about what you're working on right now. What's got you particularly excited in the uh, the, the project category? Uh, well, speaking of uh, Nashville hipsters, I happen to have <laughs> a couple of a young couple that are just really fabulous. They're like indie rockers. Um, we're doing a custom home. Um, they're, they're all about what's trendy, but they're really also wanting to push, really push the limit, you know? So for example, we've got a kitchen that we're going to do indigo lower kitchen cabinets and white open shelves and gold mid-century modern light fixtures. And all of that is really cool and trendy. And I've actually done one recently and it's going viral on house right now. I mean, it's all the rage, but we're taking this up a notch in a way that I think is really exciting. So for instance, we're instead of the usual white subway tile, we're using using a soft indigo geometric print pattern on a large scale hexagon tile for the tile going all the way up the wall in the kitchen. So it sounds kind of crazy, but it's like a pattern, but it's really soft. So it still reads kind of timeless and classic, but it just subtly ties into that indigo uh, base cabinet. And then uh, we also are looking at a crazy wallpaper to wrap the living room uh, wall at wrapping the uh, stairwell and um, they don't know if they want to do like a banana leaf print or maybe sugar skulls. Have you ever heard of that? Um, or a bold funky floral pattern. So we're having a lot of fun because this is one of those jobs where they're in they're introducing us to some crazy wild stuff out there that at first you're like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. And then the more you look at it, you're like, this is cool. Who would have thought sugar skulls? You know, it's weird, but it's cool. Nice. That, that, that's a, a good thing to be able to say at the end of the day, right? Yeah. That was weird, but cool. <laughs> so when you look at the, the work that you get to do every day, Marcel, um, you've got a thriving business, a large staff, great projects going on. What's the very best part of the work that you get to do? I think it's helping my clients create their own big life. Um, you know, really, they come thinking that what they want is something purely aesthetic, like I want this to look good, you know. And then the more we work together, the more they sink in, and the more it becomes really their life that they're that they're 
they're creating. It's like the art of living. Um, and you know, they just kind of fall into it. They, they just kind of fall in love with their life again. Um, whether it's, through, you know, connecting with their family through the way that we design, um, the living spaces or being able to connect with their neighbors and, and the extended family or just having a Zen space that really nurtures them. But I love hearing the stories, you know, of what happened next, you know, mm-hmm. how it goes on. So, and how it evolves. And I love coming back again, you know, being brought back. And so now we want to do this. Oh, this. And they've got all the stories about how it worked and what it did for them. And now we're ready to do the master bath, you know, <laughs> it's like the next adventure. They've the adventure unfolds. And they're ready for more, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. So flip that coin over though, because where, where there are the things that we love about our work, there are challenges, things that either don't always go wrong or that just don't come as, as natural to us. What's a challenge for you in the work that you get to do, Marcel? For me, it's not getting too stressed out. Um, my husband is an architect, so together and apart, we work on a lot of projects, some that are very large, and many of them are repeat business. There's a lot of management involved in hiring the right people to oversee and do the parts we don't do so well. And yet we have to oversee them gently and tactfully. And these are really, really, really bright people like brilliant. So that's not easy. It's Mm -hmm. a challenge. Um, So to put it another way, it's really hard and it's not really the same brain to be the designer and the business owner at the same time. And, but David and I are, both designers at heart, so we don't make it that easy for ourselves either. <laughs> like, I think some designers they, that who are very successful, and I, I very much I admire them, and I, I think even the business part of design is insane, but they, they really transition over to the business side, and that's fine. But, you know, when you stay on the creative side, that that's a special thing to have to manage. It is a very special thing. And do you find yourself then surrounding yourself with people who bring that strength to the table? Is that how you navigate those waters? The business? Yeah, the business side. I think I think that's what we're starting to do more and more. I mean, for the first, mm-hmm. I'd say, eight or so years, we were really building the, the desi- just the design team, um, you know, just good architects and good interior designers who can handle the stress and the day-to-day, the ins and outs. And now we're starting to build people who can really handle the business. We've hired a business development gal who's just, I mean, you know, blazing a trail that we've never even imagined um, before. And um, I have a gal who's now managing the design team. You know, she's actually overseeing the design team. So, I mean, I still come in and play lead designer and go, I like this. I don't like that. No, no, that's not what I had in mind, you know, but I, then I don't have to turn around and go, shh, you know, stop talking while we present, you know, I don't have to do that anymore. So, um, that's got to be a wonderfully freeing experience for you. It's, it's getting there. (laughs) It's a process. Nice. Marcel, for a moment, speak to our listeners at home. They're always, uh, they tune in, they're curious to hear about the backgrounds of our guests and the projects that they're working on, but they're also curious to hear tips or ideas that they can apply in their own homes. Do you have a thought or an idea that you can share with our listeners at home that might help them create more beauty in and around their lives? I do, and I actually have just written a book on the topic. It's called The Soulful Home, Designed for Authentic Living. 
and I'm about to launch some workshops around it, and I have a blog that talks about it. But there's three parts, really, that I, I actually teach all of my clients. The first is discover your own style. That's important, and that includes style and lifestyle. And it involves the things that make you alive, like make you feel alive, like colors, materials, open or cozy spaces. That, that's your aesthetic, right? And then the things you love to do, you know, yoga versus watching TV or reading alone versus entertaining large groups. Um, and then I break that down. I can go into more detail if you want, but there's, I break it down into the four design styles, modern and traditional and practical and essential. And um, also, you know, and that comes into design style combinations, but the idea is to find out what you love, you know, the things you love and what's underneath that, you know, what's driving that, what's your lifestyle right. needs. Um, so that's discover your own style, your style, not the style of your designer, not, you know, something else. Um, then the other is focus on building a timeless and classic base. So that's your building blocks, right? The very first thing you should do when you do a project is focus on the building blocks. And so like, for example, in a living room, that's your sofa and two chairs, you know, that's where you need to spend the most money you can stand. Um, and then from there, the third part is layers. Everything else is a layer. This, the coffee table and the side tables tend to fall into place after you figure out literally what the seating needs to be in a living room. Or in if a kitchen, it's a different story, but it's the same thing. Um, and then, so then the third thing is really just... Think of it as a layering process. Don't think it has to happen all at once. You don't have to know what the drapes are. You know, you can get some privacy uh, window treatments up and just have that for a while. They can even be temporary. Get into the house and let the house speak, you know, and just take a breath and do things in phases. That will make it more rich and more uh, meaningful for you. And also it will take, it will actually take the stress off. It really um, does. It makes it much more manageable, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So those are the three things. Wow. Discover your style, build a timeless and classic base, and think of it as layers. Do layers. That's some good stuff. I hope everybody at home is taking good notes. Or uh, <laughs> we'll direct them to your blog and to the, to the new book. That's, is the book out now, Marcel? No, it's in the hands of my editor now. Mm -hmm. So well, Something yeah. to look forward to. Yeah, to be continued. Okay, we'll watch for that then. Um, Marcel, have you, something tells me you have, but talk to us a little bit about how you've applied those principles in your own home. What, what is it like for you going home in the evening? Oh, my home, okay, so my style is, so you're either modern or traditional or you're uh, practical or sensual. And a lot of people are opposites and they marry their opposite. So I'm really modern, but my husband happens to be modern too. But he's practical and I am sensual. So I am modern and sensual. That's my style. My husband is modern and practical. So <laughs> it's a combination of a house that's very clean and it's modern and open like modern. But, you know, to David's style, it's very clean and well appointed. Everything has its place. Everything can be found. Um, and he does have a uh, practicalists need a, a designated place to go and do their thing. So he's got his studio where he does his architecture and where he also rides his bike trainer. He's a bike racer. Um, 
Me, I'm a sensualist, a modern sensual. My house is very zen. It's very contemplative. It's very open and airy. My favorite room um, is is the outdoor room, you know, the the, the patio and the, the living room. It all just open the doors and I'm just, I'm hanging out. So, so would our listeners be most surprised to find in your home, Marcel? Um, the biggest surprise is really when you walk in the door, because my husband is an architect, um, is a 50s ranch house, little low-slung, first one-story house in a traditional neighborhood. And, and we have it all kind of looking all cottagey on the front. But when you walk in, it's this total opened-up volume. You know, it's just all cathedral ceiling and open living, dining and living. It looks like kind of like a gallery box, you know, kind of a gallery space with art and furniture in it. So it's, it looks twice as big. It's got this weird optical illusion of when you walk in and, oh, there's this just amazing uh, light-filled, open, airy, modern space. Nice. A great place to come home to, it sounds like. Let's think about design or style heroes for a moment, uh, Marcel. Uh, do you have someone in your life and career that's greatly influenced you by their work? Um, someone who, if you had the opportunity, you'd love to hang out with for an hour or so. They might be living. They might be deceased. Uh, who would you pick and why? Um, it would be this designer called Ilsa Crawford. And she's a European designer. I think she's Scandinavian. She used to be the... Um, editor of L Decoration magazine out mm -hmm. of the UK. Sure. And she wrote a book called The Sensual Home, which has inspired me forever. Mm. Um, it still does. My husband gave it to me as an early, you know, present when we were like in love and all that. Um, she's very European in her style. You know, it's very modern meets traditional. Sometimes it's uh, really cool vintage furniture mixed with modern furniture in a really, really cool historic space or um, very new meets old. And it's very casually elegant and lived in. It always looks like you could just go there and hang out, even if it's totally elegant and, and just over the top beautiful. Wow. Sounds like a, a book that I need to add to my, my book list. And a very cool person to hang out with. Good, cho good choice there. Thank you for mentioning her to us. What's the very best decorating advice that you've ever come across, Marcel? It's a marathon, not a sprint. Oh. Wow. That is good. I've never heard it applied to, to designer decorating, but it really does fit, doesn't it? Yeah. I actually worked for an architecture firm uh, at the time, and we did, I mean, it was a very, it was a, a very large architecture firm. We did very large projects that took a long, long time. And like I said, we worked with huge teams. And I still feel like even though I'm doing primarily residential interiors now, I mean, sometimes it takes, you know, a year, even longer. Sure. Um, and everybody, you know, kind of loses it at some point <laughs> along the way. It goes, I can't take it anymore. You know, so just to know it's not going to be over tomorrow. It's kind of the same concept as think of it as layers. You know, yeah. it doesn't happen to all have to happen all right now. Exactly. It takes the pressure off a little bit. Um, let's do hypothetical for a moment. Uh, we pray it never happens. But if there were to be a fire at the house tonight, uh, family, loved ones, animals, they're all safe. But what's the one object in your home, Marcel, that you would risk the flames to save? There is a painting by the artist named Françoise Gillot. It's, a, it's an owl painting. It's an owl in a tree. It's a night scene with uh, the moon behind it. And the, the background is this beautiful kind of turquoise indigo sky. 
Um, she was, Francois Gillot was a lover to Picasso and a protege to Matisse, um, who was an amazing colorist, um, Henri Matisse. I mean, she actually writes about it in her book. Um, and, and you can see that in her work because the colors never stop fascinating me. I mean, and the, just the play of light on it. My mom had this owl painting in our living room when I was growing up. And its colors literally just glow off the canvas, mm. especially at night. Um, so I inherited it from my mom when she passed. My dad passed it on to me. And though it is worth uh, probably a pretty a pretty, pinty, pretty penny at this point, I will never sell. Mm. Yeah, that would be one you want to hold on to. Definitely hold on to that one. Marcel, you've mentioned your book that we will keep an eye on and look forward to it being released in the future. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Give us another book recommendation. Give us a book that you think should be on the bookshelf of every design lover who's listening. Ilsa Crawford's The Sensual Ooh. Home. Back to that, yeah. That one's got me intrigued. I, I will definitely have to be adding that to my li uh, library. Um, we will post a link to, to the Sensual Home in the show notes section, um, along with the link to your website, so that our listeners can click on that and add it to their library. Something tells me there are going to be a lot of grateful listeners out there. That sounds like a good one. Marcel, we've come down to the last question. You ready for this one? Mm -hmm. We finish every show with the same question, so let me paint a picture and then get your thoughts. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world. It's physically identical to the earth that you know, but you don't know a soul. You still have all the experience and the knowledge you currently possess, your food and shelter are taken care of, but your new home is empty. All you have is a laptop, a mobile phone, and about $1,000 in your pocket. What would you do over the next seven days to begin to decorate your new home? I would Uber to the nearest source for wooden pallets and get a wooden pallet and a cheap mattress to go on top. That would serve as a platform bed that could also double as my sofa, kind of Moroccan style. I would also look for crates and some plywood and create a low eating and conversation table. I would go on everything but the house and Etsy and Overstock to hunt for pillows, both floor pillows to go around the table and sofa bed pillows. Um, I would look at these same places for bedding and a nice quilt or something that I could cover things up with and make it look living room when people come. So that, that would, I guess, sort of be my timeless and classic base. <laughs> That's a good one. Wow. Is the sort of bed slash sofa palette and the um, crate that I would probably drape you know, a fabric over and, and put some just low pillows and just kind of eat Japanese style for a while. And yeah. then before I ran out of money, I would Uber to vintage furniture stores, thrift stores, yard and estate sales to find pots and pans and other essentials and start to look for my layers, like the rugs, um, and possibly start building up from there depending on what I had left. Very Tables and chairs and what have not. A very practical and very stylish approach to uh, to finishing that, for furnishing that space. It actually is also how I got into interior design. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Helping my friends doing their apartments. <laughs> so you rolled your sleeves up and were, were get it, getting involved from the very beginning, right? I was the original design sponge apartment therapy girl before they even had it. 
love it. Before they even, we even had vintage furniture. We were looking for vintage furniture. But that was really fun. Nice. Good, good beginnings, right? Yep. Very good beginnings. Definitely. Marcel Gabot, what a joy getting to speak with you today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. We want to say thank you to our subscribers who are tuning into the show in their dedicated manner. We realize that none of this means anything without you. So thanks for your support for the show, telling your friends about the show and helping us to grow. Remember to go to the website, milliondollardecorating.com, where you'll catch the notes from today's show. We'll post a link to Marcel's website so you can follow all the great things that she and her team are doing. We'll post um, a link to The Sensual Home, the book that she's recommended to us. I know that you'll want to add that to your list. Watch the website also in the coming months. As soon as we have information on her new book, we'll post that too. While you're there on our site, click a few buttons, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And finally, and most importantly, remember that it's up to you to make your world more beautiful.